G'day Trendsetters, welcome to episode 741 of the Transmove Podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, training, racing, nutrition, please grab all those questions, send them on through to trainsmooth.com or email them through to tim at trainsmooth.com. Now, what's been going on in my... Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got a couple of things to talk about. Uh, um, I, I guess it's been a little while since I've done a, an update on what's going on in my son's little world. <laughs> He's um, the jackhammer, as he calls himself. He's, to give a little bit of content about it, he's he swims with a swim club three days a week in, in Launceston, and they're about 90-minute sessions. You, you, My idea of a swim club was really different leading into it than what it actually is. I thought there'd be a heavy focus on technique and volume in that technique, and watch the gains flow not so much technique work to be honest not, not a lot at all but so um so eventually i half cracked it and i said i will help you with your technique because i always thought i won't get in i won't get in the way of what his swim coaches are doing i'll stay right out of it so i never gave him for the most part any technical advice um, unless he asked anyway so a few school holidays ago i videoed him after cracking it i videoed him showed him the videos showed him examples on what he needs to work on in particular his freestyle rhythm stop bloody being a windmill in the water and just get that rhythm going and and that that's probably a huge issue for most age groupers that haven't been shown freestyle rhythm and not don't be a windmill in the water anyway that 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 to the side uh, we st- we he took a huge step forward after um, developing that, and it was like this huge eye opener. And then his swim club had a like two weeks off during another lot of school holidays, and so he swam with me every every session. And he, he swims sessions the same amount of time, ninety minutes, but his volume went from like two two and a half k's to four k's per session because we don't do much rest when I swim it's mostly lap 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 and so he we saw huge gains in just two weeks of him swimming 4k swim sessions all of a sudden and then since then he's gone back into the club it's he has been progressing but it's nothing close to what we saw in that 4k uh, when he was doing all those 4ks and so things that things are going well he's progressing but after all that in the you know we're talking about october last year or whatever he realizes because in his swim club there's um bronze silver gold squads and at the moment he's in silver and he's just realized oh crap i'm going to be moved into gold here and he he and it was originally at the start of last year he wanted to be in gold by the end of last year but then as he's approaching he probably should be in gold he's you know half crapped his pants and thought I, I, that that sounds like a lot more work to work involved and so he started so i i'd, I'd go occasionally to watch him swim uh, um up on you know 
just watch him swim with the squad and I'd just start witnessing him sandbagging each interval where he should be on the front of the group leading the group he's mid-pack mid-pack being silly doing you know just instead of having his normal cadence he's he's dropped his cadence to about half of what it is just really slow because he's and, and i approached him over i said what was the go with your swimming he goes i don't want to go up to gold so i'm just swimming easy <laughs> what anyway so he, he was sandbagging at a treat and so he missed out on going up to gold and lately i went to watch him swim the other day and he, he was saying oh, geez i'm frustrated i should have moved up to gold last year and i brought it up so well you did your best not to and he goes yeah it was a mistake and so i i offered to go up to one of his instructors and say what you know Kenny Quinn what's what's involved in it, but he didn't want me to so I so I didn't anyway long story short he was um there's this other squad here in um Launceston it only goes for six months of the year from um October first six months and it's it's got it's some handy swimmers in it. Include you know when Jake Burke whistles home, he'll swim with it. And for the people that don't know who he is, he's um, an Olympic triathlete swimmer. He was in the last Olympics. Most likely will be in this next Olympics. He'll swim with it. You got Richie Port that um, swims with him now. Um, a heap of handy swimmers. It's it's not a club. It's not a, a you know a public group or anything. It's a invitational only. Anyway. The person who runs it contacted my wife today and he's um, invited my son to join his group, but not for this year. <laughs> well, not not for this part of the um, end of the season. He, he says he, he's right to join in October from... Um, he says so. Yes, if he wants to be a good, good swimmer, a good triathlete, um, he, he needs to be in this group and he's... Um, he goes. We we don't muck around. We push it. We push it hard. Every every session, it's it, it you know, it's on. And I, he's going to. So, my son's keen. He he's crapping himself a little, but he's got another six months or seven months or whatever before he he's going to start swimming with them. But I, I think every swim session, it's it's right. We're on here, <laughs> and so it'd be good. And the guys are, you know, a bit of an old school hard ass as well, which I kind of like because these, um, the swim club, a few of them are, you know, it's a different environment, I guess. It, you, 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 you tell someone they're being lazy, they're going to run over, you know, they'll run away crying. So the, the coaches aren't hard. Um, where this guy is a bit of a hard ass, and I, I think my son will respond better with him, you know, copping a bit. Which I, you know, which reminds me, when I was playing rugby league as a, you know, a kid, eight, eight, nine, ten years old. This is how different times are compared to to, to what they are now. So my my, we're to, I I played rugby league um, as a kid. And uh, this coach, I, I think I was under tens when when he he I started being coached by this guy. He was a hard ass, 
big bushy beard, looked like a lumberjack. He did, and he, he would drive. Her, he didn't like parents being around. He, he he didn't like that idea. So what he would do is he had a big F one F one hundred Ute, and he would pick us all up in the in the back of, and would jump in the back of his Ute. No seatbelts, no seats, no nothing. Would just be in the back of the Utes, and he would drive around to all the players' houses, pick us all up, and then drive the training. And then he would wear these great big Ugg boots. And if we were being smart Alex or, or whatever, we'd have to turn around, face the, face, the, um, face the team, and he'd literally kick us up the bum with these bloody Ugg boots. And um, you, know, you could never see this happen in today's society. For starters, it's illegal to pick, you know, have someone sitting in the back of a ute without seatbelts and seats and all, all that sort of crap. And parents... Like, I, I told, told my wife all this story. And I, just imagine his coach saying, I'm going to pick Jack up. He's going to be in the back of my ute. Like, no, no, absolutely not. But, <laughs> I don't know, different era. And, um, you know, you, I remember, you know, you just get smashed. You, I remember getting this huge hit, a tackle in training. And I, it, I could barely breathe. I was half knocked out. And the, the coach goes, goes Run a couple of laps, Tim. Run it off, mate. You'll be right. <laughs> and, and then you'd yell at me because I'm not getting on my feet running, doing a, doing a you know, two laps of the footy oval. It was crazy. It was completely different times. But I kind of liked... Obviously, that was probably a little bit too far, especially. Though some of the kids probably could do with a, a good kick up the bum with, 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 with his Ugg boots. But, yeah, yeah unbelievable. Anyway... Let's answer some triathlon-related questions. Today's question comes from Isaac, who, if you want to be cool like Isaac and send your training, racing, nutrition questions through to tim at trainsmove.com. He writes, uh, thanks for the tips on the homemade gels. Uh, eventually, I'm going to try that. I've suffered from GI issues at the at times. Yeah, I've got a lot of people reach out to me about those homemade gels they've been on their on the website for a long time i just don't talk about it i guess but yeah they're really good making your own home gels and they they cost next to nothing if you make your own um he writes i have a general i have a general questions what do you recommend in terms of training nutrition for the last 20 days before a race in my case an ironman 70.3 uh, this weekend I have a couple of long rides and brick runs and also do run uh, and also a long run. Before starting to scale back leading into a taper, I appreciate the feedback. So um, in, in very short, I don't really do it. I don't change my diet or what I eat or anything in the lead up to a race in the last 20 days, in the last week. The only thing I would do or recommend um, is generally is you've got to be super on top of post-training nutrition in race week. So, for instance, you're, you're three days out from from your 70.3, you, you're going to do a training session. That's, let's say you're doing an hour and a half worth of uh, bike run three days out. Um, You'll you want to have a recovery shake and everything ready to go um, straight after you finish cause you, and you want to get that session done early, for instance. Um, as for 
tapering, um, everyone's going to be completely different with with this. What well, works for some, works for others, you know, that sort of stuff. I will say most people, most, uh, 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 most age groupers, uh, no, nah, that's not the right wording, a lot of, a lot of, yes, we'll use the word a lot of, a lot of age groupers um, do far too little during taper time and um, it's like, well, work's done and they'll just put the cue back in the rack and just sit around and eat crap or do nothing and uh, it's not optimal. You've just kind of ruined your race. Um, so, and then the rule of thumb, you know, it changes. Gen- generally, um, how it depends on how fast you recover from training in general. It depends on how long you need to taper um what did you do in past races on when you should start tapering as well use history to help guide you um for 70.3 some some will need two weeks to start tapering two weeks out some you know one week out Uh, most will be that one week out um and then it's just a matter of cutting out all all the crap but keeping all the stuff that's going to help you on race day basically um but but i have seen it way too many times athletes general generally age groupers will get that you know five days out four days out from from their big race and then they'll stop training altogether and the body just goes up oh, holiday and and then come race day they, they just feel crap it's easy to screw up a taper uh, yeah it's hard to get it perfect it's hard to really peak on tape to, to get it really nailing nailing it down yeah a lot lot goes into it and we see this you know, even in the pro level how many times have we seen pros on the world championship race they've this is the thing they've been completely training for they're all ready to go they've known about this date for a full year and then they said i felt horrible from the first swim stroke and it all went downhill from there they they got their taper wrong um more times than not um so you it is if it's going to be warm i would add a little bit more let you here we go oh i'll try a few more tips in race week you don't want to be peeing you don't want your urine to be clear come race week you've just peed out all the all the good stuff so you want to be you want a little bit of color in your urine generally so in the lead up to, to the few days leading into it you might want maybe want to be sipping on a sports drink for instance or to, uh, to just you just want a little bit of color in your urine you start peeing clear you you might you might regret that deep bit deep into that race um if it's going to be quite a warm race you might want to start adding a little bit of extra salt in in all your meals um you you it's every i can't maybe a week out do do a, a semi simulation of, of of it to, as part of training and tapering um that it will hurt, you know you can spring load your taper maybe go and do a 100 kilometer time trial with it with a um a six kilometer run off the bike um for instance do that do that seven eight days out from from your from your race and see how you feel make sure you have your nutrition well another good thing to to note 
when it comes to taper time, more times than not, we feel crap during taper. Um, our body's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm, I'm used to training every day, you know, all the extra volume, extra intensity, all, all this extra stuff, and you, you've cut it back a little, and now I feel crap. It's uh, So you do expect to feel a little bit of fatigue, a little bit of crap, but come race morning, you expect to be, you know, jumping out of your skin, raring to go. Uh, it's, uh, it's, but I'll... I wouldn't be um, tapering too too early, and I wouldn't be um, chopping the crap out of it too hard. Just just take get rid of anything that's not going to help make you better on race day. Go back and look at your your past um, lead up to races and what worked, what didn't work, and you can start finding your blueprint from there. But as for um nutrition oh, oh you 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 want to be starting the race um with all your glycogen stores completely topped up ready to, ready to go um that that would be the if you you've got that got now that they call it carbo loading um but generally if you just keep your diet as as normal and just a reduction in um, training volume and training intensity as you're tapering off getting ready for the race that's naturally going to feel generally but to maybe to to i like that whole i i personally do it and i i do recommend this for a lot of athletes those two days leading into your your big race you have have your normal breakfast lunch and dinner generally kind of about the same it's a right generally a rice meal with um lean meat fish chicken and that sort of stuff and some vegetables um with with some extra salt i have I have that for um lunch i have that for dinner for for two days leading into the leading into your race and you will be as sound as a pound mate ready to bloody have a great race and um yeah, you you enjoy and take and with your training log, especially now you're leading into it the twenty last for the last twenty days. Make as many notes as possible because don't don't rely that, that you'll remember all this crap. So make as many notes as possible about all day, what's happening throughout the day, how you've been feeling. Put it all into your training log because come next race you can go back read it and you think oh. I forgot about this. Oh, that did work, and I should do that again. Or, well, I'm not going to do that again. So, you know, the most valuable tool we all have is our training logs, and it's and not maintaining it to a high level is is will cost will most likely cost you um, a progression in the future. Anyway, if you guys have any training questions, nutrition questions race, whatever, send them on through to timatrainsmith.com. <clears throat> Until next episode, hooroo.